Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Hello, good afternoon and welcome to The Pulse here on the Joy News Channel. Now coming up this afternoon, Ghana Guard Senior Staff Association rejects Parliament Mines and Energy Committee's report on Gensa gas supply deal, insisting it has dire consequences for the country if agreement is allowed to pass in its current form. But the minority is dissociating itself from the report, indicating that it is not a true reflection of their views. We speak exclusively uh, to this this afternoon. Uh, also coming up, uh, President Ekufuado is demanding formal apology from European countries involved in the transatlantic slave trade for damages caused to culture, image, and psychology of Africans. The continent of Africa deserves a formal apology from the European nations involved in the slave trade for the crimes and damage it has caused to the population, psyche, image, and character of Africans the world over. And it's day two of the Chale Uwate Art Festival. And this afternoon, we return to the Black Star Square, where the best of art will be on display. It's a pleasure to be with you. The pause is brought to you by Global Communities Dignity Lou, affordable, safe sanitation for all, and in partnership with Chale Uwate Street Art Festival coming up from now till 27th of August 2023. Follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and MajorOnline.com for these and more. Settle for details of all of these stories. Now, a second court in Accra has granted bail to the husband of one of the lactating mothers standing trial in the alleged stolen money belonging to former Sanitation and Water Resources Minister Cecilia Abna Dapa. He was accused of dishonestly receiving money to buy a house at Kokro Bite here in Accra. This follows the conclusion of investigations on him by the state prosecutors. Richard Kojo Nyako reports from the court. Seven accused persons, including Patience Botre and Sarah J, who have been accused of stealing money, more than $1 million, and other items from Madame Cecilia Dapas' matrimonial home, turned up in court today. 
Madame Cecilia, the past lawyer, was in court to watch brief for her. Apart from Patience, Botry, and Sarah J, who have been accused of stealing the money, the others have been accused of dishonestly receiving the various sums of money. The state told the court they had concluded investigations with respect to A6, the husband of one of the lactating mothers who has been accused of dishonestly receiving money from the alleged stolen monies from the matrimonial home of Madame Cecilia Dapam. He's been accused of using the money he received to buy a house at Kukubete here in Accra. His bail is in respect of the completion of investigations regarding his role in the stolen items. The court thus granted him bail to the sum of 300,000 Ghana cities with two sureties to be justified. The state further asked for two more weeks for them to conclude the investigations. Meanwhile, the two lactating mothers who were granted bail to the sum of one million Ghana cities are yet to satisfy the bail conditions given them by the courts. Their lawyers say the bail conditions are so rigid that satisfying them has been an arduous task. The court has adjourned the case to the feet of September to enable the prosecutors conclude their investigations. Reporting from the court, my name is Richard for Joy News. Meanwhile, the Office of the Special Prosecutor is investigating the former Minister for Corruption and Corruption-Related Offences. It is seeking to confirm at the High Court the seizure of $590,000 and 2.7 million Ghana cities it found in her home upon a search and a freezing of her account, two of which are said to hold $5 million and 48 million cities being the value of transactions assessed by investigators over a period. Now, the, the more details are coming up in this particular matter, and uh, we'll be bringing you all of those here on the Join News channel. You can just log on to myjournal.com for more uh, on this developing story. Now, let's take you to South Africa, because West Africa's biggest economy, Nigeria, has expressed interest in joining an alliance with Brazil, India, Russia, and South Africa, BRICS, under a multilateral framework called the BRICS. Now, the decision of Africa's most populous nation to tilt towards these emerging powers potentially has an impact of countries such as uh, Ghana, which shared an integrated market with Nigeria under the Economic Community of West African State. Head of Diplomatic Affairs, Blessed Soga, joins us from South Africa with uh, more. Uh, but, uh, you know, before this, let's bring you this one. Well, so the 15th BRICS summit is underway uh, here in Johannesburg, South Africa. Uh, we know that the plan by the multilateral uh, framework is to reach out to Africa. And that's why South Africa is providing that strategic platform uh, to the rest of the continent to connect with this framework that accounts for 40% of the world's population. Uh, over 26% of global trade is handled by BRICS, um, raising concerns as to why the rest of Africa is not 
are plugged in uh, to this uh, network of a wide-reaching market, which includes China. Well, I need to point out that the Chinese uh, President Xi Jinping is in South Africa, arrived last night uh, ahead of the summit, which is underway and is about to officially open uh, later today. Uh, but we must also point out that there is uh, indication that we're getting uh, some, some uh, sources tell us uh, that um, some 20 other nations are willing to be a part of this uh, framework, which means that more countries are, like to, are likely to join uh, the BRICS framework uh, after the conference wraps up in Johannesburg. But uh, what we also know and what concerns the West Africa sub-region is that uh, the sub-region's biggest economy, Nigeria, uh, has decided to officially join BRICS. That's a big uh, deal, knowing that uh, that's Africa's most populous country with a, a population of, of, of uh, 200 million people. Uh, that means that when Nigeria is officially accepted to join BRICS, their market will expand and they would go way over 40% in terms of accounting for the world population. Uh, it's a reason for which some experts are of the view that this is the time for other African countries to join the framework. But there's also issues relating to geopolitics, which is also coming up strongly uh, about what the implications will be for uh, emerging economies, knowing uh, that the trade arrangements between uh, these uh, bigger countries, Brazil, Russia, India and China, has not been balanced. Um, most of these economies are way bigger, and the fear is that they may swallow up the emerging economies. But whatever the case may be, the indication we're getting from the likes of Nigeria is that they would want to be a part of this framework so they could take advantage of the wider market that the likes of China, India, Russia and Brazil uh, are presenting to them. So uh, we're awaiting what the final decision will be after that formal decision at the end of the uh, two or three day summit, we will know the fate of Nigeria. But Nigeria's decision to join BRICS has a possible impact or implication for countries such as Ghana. Uh, the fact that uh, Ghana Festival is one of the key players in the West Africa sub region, and we also have one of our major trading partners being China. So we're waiting to see if Nigeria will be admitted. Uh, once Nigeria is admitted, we don't know if it will be the same for other countries such as Ghana and uh, the likes in the West Africa region to want to join of free trade area becomes an integral part or a multilateral uh, uh, engagement that BRICS can also plug into because uh, Africa is a green market, it's an emerging market. Uh, for many uh, of these uh, countries in Asia, particularly China, they see this as a bigger opportunity uh, to work more closely with Africa. So these are some of the issues that are likely uh, to feature uh, here as the summit takes off down. Well, the BRICS block, the way I'd like to look at it, um, provides opportunity for intra-trade, intra-BRIC um, country trade. And then those opportunities have been brought to life, speaking from a practical point of view, through um, the trade missions that have taken place since South Africa was a member of BRICS. I mean, if I look back in 2010, when we became a member in 2011, we, we started participating. 
uh, I mean, the trade amongst each of the BRIC countries is around um, 7% or just below 10%. But now we're talking about the trade that has expanded to even, what, less than 30%. So that tells you that it's almost moving and will cross that uh, mark of 30%. So that's how the, what the benefits has been come to be realized. In that within this trade facilitation, what you find is an opportunity for a layman on the street in South Africa to get an opportunity to showcase their products and services through this trade exhibition and from there they create awareness as well as demand through these uh, platforms and that's how then it trickles down to the laymen on the street in as far as creating jobs and opportunities of trade. There will be more from the BRICS uh, summit uh, here on this channel because our man Blessed Soga is on the grounds in Johannesburg. So stay with us uh, in our subsequent bulletins we'll bring you more. Now, though, the Ghana Gas Senior Staff Association is rejecting a report from the Parliament's Committee on Mines and Energy on a gas supply agreement between Ghana National Petroleum Corporation, GMPC, and Gensa Energy Ghana Limited. The deal involves provision of 50 million standard cubic feet of raw gas daily to Gensa Energy. The association is concerned that the deal's conditions could negatively impact consumers and potentially lead to some losses for Ghana. However, the Parliamentary Select Committee on Mines and Energy has investigated claims of irregularities by the African Centre for Energy Policy, ASEP, and the Money Centre for Policy and Education and found no evidence of losses in the deal. Joining us now is, uh, we'll be getting into details, but uh, let's bring you the thought of the minority because they, uh, the members on the Mines and Energy Committee, is dissociating itself from the report, indicating that the findings do not reflect uh, the views of the members. John Janapur is a ranking member on the Mines and Energy Committee. That committee's report does not reflect the views of the entire membership of the committee. Immediately, the chairman put out that report. As a ranking member who represents the minority side, I issued a counter-report. I issued a statement denouncing the report, stating that the report is inaccurate, contains factual inaccuracies, baseless assumptions, and does not reflect what the committee was supposed to do. And so let me put on record that the minority is not part of that committee's report in terms of its findings. We disagree in its entirety with the assumptions and, more importantly, with the conclusions. The committee was tasked to ensure that we deal with the critical issue of value for money. That has not been addressed. And so please don't associate us with that report. It does not reflect the value for money and that there are huge losses to the state. So... This attempt to box us together is most unfortunate. And I've issued a formal statement to that effect. But more importantly, the Speaker has referred this very matter to the Committee of Mines and Energy and the Committee of Finance. We are yet to sit on this whole agreement. I think that that will afford Parliament the opportunity to do a much more detailed job and come up with its findings in a fair and transparent manner. Well, this is an interesting development story. You remember this uh, whole deal was a, a huge issue some months back. Now the Energy Committee of Parliament says they see nothing wrong. But the minority is distancing itself from that committee, uh, that the report. And the senior staff of Ganaga say they have all the issues to be concerned about this particular deal. But we'll delve more into this deal uh, with the chairman of the Senior Staff Association of Ghana right after this.
Smile, hmm? Look lively, okay? Smile, smile. Is the money too small? A bad stomach ruins your day. Don't let it. Take Gastron, your most effective antacid, for the relief of symptoms of peptic ulcer, heartburn, gas pain, flatulence, and indigestion. Hey guys, what are you waiting for? Let's go, let's go. Mwah. Can you bring down that smiles more? <laughs> Gastron, effective relief from stomach discomfort. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been written approved by the FDA. Daddy? Daddy, this tank is big! Yes, that's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow, it has a working satisfaction. It. Mm-hmm. Syntex was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex Yeah, there are a lot of art things to do. So I personally love it, and I love the artworks. I love Chalwate 2022. It's fantastic. This year's experience is uh, is marvelous. It's amazing. It's Chalwate Festival. You ought to be here. The painting, the people, the Ghanaians were awesome. Everyone, when you're in Ghana around the same time, make sure you check it out. It's really happening. Welcome back from the break. Now let's talk education because the Minister of Education um, has asked the Ghana Tertiary Education um, uh, Council to um, order the accountant and uh, uh, the, the accountant general not to effect payment of uh, teachers in training colleges for the month of August. 
Now, let's uh, take you through uh, the statement that came up this morning. Now, it says, we write to rather the instance of the Honorable Minister of Education requesting you not to pay monthly salary and allowances for the month of August 2023 to the teaching staff of all 46 colleges of education in CTAC. However, any arrears before August 2023 should be validated and paid. We count very much on your cooperation and urgent action, please. Sincerely, Saka Sayuti, Director, Administration for Director General of GTEC. Well, um, this morning, the PRO of the Education Ministry confirmed this letter and explained that since they did not work for the month of August, they cannot be paid for that. But how is the SITAG uh, reacting to the story? We have Prince Obeying Hima, who is president of CTAG on the line with us. Grateful to you for joining us, sir. Um, what are your reactions to this uh, directive from the ministry? Good afternoon to you, and thanks for the opportunity. I think that uh, as, as, as employees, we take directive from the ministry, and uh, we cannot compare the ministry to act. So we are taking it as you are also reading it. But we have some uh, concerns. There have been a lot of misinformation out there today, and we wish to use this golden opportunity to, as it were, uh, set a record straight. One, the impression being created out there that today we were invited to a meeting at uh, the instance of the National Labor Commission and we refused to attend. I think uh, I want to respectfully uh, put it out there that nothing of the sort happened. We have not had any invitation to any meeting anywhere today. As far as the National Labor Commission is concerned, we appeared before them on Wednesday last week, and we are expecting next to appear before them uh, that is on the 30th of this month. And then two, the uh, information out there that we have misrespected the Honorable Minister of Information uh, Education, he invited us to a meeting uh, that is uh, yesterday, the invitation came on Friday, and we failed to attend. We also want to set the record straight. We have taken steps... mejores viajes nacen en la carretera pero este comenzará en tu mente escuchas ese rugido sientes la experiencia de poder la emoción de la libertad ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura nueva Ram 1500 hecha para vivir Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC to even write to the minister today. I think uh, going through all of this, uh, we believe in the fact that a strike will be over. The ministry would need the tutors. The tutors would also need the ministry. There is a need for us to work to maintain a perfect relationship, working relationship at that, so okay. that there will be uh, that congenial, uh, you know, environment. Mm. We're invited on Friday by the Honorable Minister uh, through a letter. And uh, we were asked to act, uh, come for the meeting yesterday at 8 a.m. The invitation came at the time that we uh, had closed our meeting in Kumase, national officers. People had taken off somebody going to Bewa, Hohoi, Atebubu, and all of that. So the best we could have done under the circumstances was to have politely 
written to the minister without any malice, asking uh, that we be given the chance to have the meeting online. We've done that with the minister before okay. because of the circumstance. What well, the possibility of having to hit Biwa and then to return on, on Monday 8 a.m. wasn't just there practically. So we appealed to the minister. Uh, we didn't get any response till uh, yesterday when news started going around on platforms that we have disrespected the minister. We want to say that we appreciate him. We really know how he's been there for us in difficult times, spoken for us, he's advocated for us, and we wouldn't do anything to run down his office or to disrespect his office. So that is, uh, you know, for that. Thank you for that opportunity. Sir. Well, um, we understand that the National Labor Commission asked you to return to the classroom once all your grievances had been acted upon by the ministry, uh, but you refused to. Why did you do that? It's important to mention that the National Labor Commission on Wednesday appealed to CETAC, and there wasn't only the National Labor Commission that had appealed to us. Uh, other well-meaning Ghanaians and uh, even the minister himself had appealed to us. Other people on the other political divide. I remember uh, Clementa Park, Honorable, and all the other people had even appealed to us to ask to a call of the action. And we had been consistent. If there is anything that CETA could be credited for uh, in this whole struggle, it's consistency in our line of uh, you know delivery and the fact that we have always adopted the bottom-up approach. That's why we've always been able to whip our people in line up to this point. So in all of these things, we told them that we needed to touch base with our people, consult with them, so that uh, we'll send the appeal to them. And we've been in the process from Wednesday up to date. And rather, we haven't slept. We've been touching base with the structures, practices, colleges, the local level, the zonal level, the National Council level, the what have you. And we were almost at the point of uh, finishing uh, this whole consultations when this thing came up. And that has been the practice. All our people we've been engaging with the Employment and Labor Relations Ministry, the Ministry of And that's why the employer had to also mandate the accountant general to say that do not pay them for the month of August. that the issue was before the National Labor Commission. The National Labor Commission had indeed asked the government to do A, B, C, D, and not until those things had been done. We weren't going to bulge. That was where the minister uh, I appealed to us, the National Labor Commission appealed mm -hmm. to us, that on the strength of what they were doing, we had to. And we said that we needed to uh, touch base with our people, which is natural with every union. Talk of NAT, NAGRAT, UTAC, SUTAC. We go for discussions, even directives, not uh, 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 appeals, are given, orders are given. We are given time, space to be able to, as it were, consult with our people. We need to 
give the people on whose path we ride as leaders that respect okay. by consulting with them and then taking their views. So at the end of the day, if we have to comply collectively, we can all comply and then go ahead. And that was exactly what we had been doing, okay. sir. Uh, stay with me. Let me bring in Besmate. He is Deputy Managing Editor for Teacher Educational Journal. Um, I'm grateful that you could join us here. How do you respond to this now that government says, I won't pay the teachers for the month of August because they did not work? All right. Um, this morning on the AM show, uh, we're speaking to the PRO for the Education Ministry, Kwesi Kwati, and we asked him, why this? Listen to him. Talking about the same thing. What it essentially means that is a way of boosting or increasing access. At the same time, ensuring that you are maintaining the quality component of education. Okay. So most of the practical lessons, in order to also augment the practical lessons, you also introduce a virtual one. I mean, okay. all over the world, even in universities, we use simulations and other okay. things. So it's just a way of augmenting it, not necessarily okay. the lack of availability. Thank you, you are aware we've introduced but, but, them. Been, but before you go, there's a letter from the Ghana Treasury Education Commission, GTEC. It says, we write... At the instance <laughs> of the Honorable Minister of Education, requesting you not to pay monthly salary and allowances. History to that very briefly. Uh, so, CTAC had their conditions of service expired, and so I mean the requirement was that they negotiate or engage their employers and agree on the new conditions of service. Uh, that was done and approved by even the Ministry of Finance for annual payment. Mm. Uh, but right after the approval, CTAG raised the concern. Let's look at it again and then prompt the Ministry of Finance for. Uh, they to take it for them to take into account that was done approval was given for payment but that was around 21st of July because we were just entering into August and the Ministry of Education informed CITA that this is where we are everything has been approved in any event we are going to even in terms of your payment we are going that all outstanding arrests are going to be backdated and so you can then go to work because all the concerns that we were looking for has finally been resolved. Because what controller told Ministry of Education is that if indeed they want to effect the payment as at just last July, it was not going to be possible. What it essentially means is that they will have to sacrifice the entire payment structure for all civil servants in Ghana, maybe at the altar of the 2,000 CITAC students, how uh, we call it, CITAC employees that we may want to factor. So it was resolved that I guess they make the payment. And of course, the payment was going to take into account all outstanding 
arrears or our outstanding negotiations? Syntax said no. So what the Ministry of Education is saying is that, well, in the month of August, you did not go to work. You did not work. Even against the National Labor Commission telling you that since all you are looking for has been agreed upon and has actually been approved and payment is scheduled for next month, you have to go to work. CTAC said no. But I mean, you know that CTAC, just like most of these colleges of education, is just like an industrial hub. You work to produce output and then we use that money to pay you. If you do not go to work, the fundamental question that we have to ask ourselves is that where do we get money to pay you? So that is Kwesi quoting there. Uh, now, Mr. Hima, you listened to him. He stated that, you know, I mean, they agreed to your demand and said, go back to the classroom. But you did not go. Did he, was he wrong or was he not factual there? Factually inaccurate. Oh, it's factually inaccurate? Sure. Okay. One, the fact that uh, we are not paid at the end of the month by the uh, students we turn out and the products we also bring out as we thought to create that impression, you know. Uh, we produce service, and uh, we, our teachers, you know, long-term effects. For the students we are producing today, uh, it will take them a number of time before, number of years before they finish school out there. And, but we are not even looking at that. And then two, to say that uh, we have said we are not going to uh, work since, uh, even though the Ministry of Finance had indicated the difficulty they had in paying us and that it was going to through the entire pay what a few arrangements for the public sector overboard. I'm hearing this for the first time, and I should be glad if you can ask him to produce one single documentation to that effect. Certainly, if the Ministry has communicated with us on that, uh, to that effect. There should be evidence. We communicate through, uh, you know, letters. Let him show one letter to that effect. Uh, Mr. Patel is my brother and friend. I know that there are issues, and I appreciate that it's working as PRO of the ministry. But let us, uh, at this critical time, put things out there to reflect the reality mm. of the ground. We are all not happy about where we are at the moment. Mm. But some of these things do not help. Some okay. of these statements do not help matter. All right, okay. Thank you. Um, stay with me. We've been joined on the line by Larry Agbado, Managing Editor, Teacher Education Journal. Larry, grateful for you to join us here. Is this a, a point where you were expecting that this matter will get to? All right. Uh, thank you very much. And good afternoon to your good self and then your viewers across the world. Uh, it's, it's quite unfortunate that this particular issue had to get to this level. Uh, looking at the processes we had to go through. You know, before CTAC declared a strike on the 1st of August, uh, weeks before that, they had given some kind of warning uh, that they intended to go on strike by 1st August. So all their actions were made clear and known uh, to everyone that this is what CTAC intends to do. Uh, the, the worry, however, is how the relevant stakeholders, especially governments, did not take these actions of CTAC or this this warnings of CTAC serious to plan or work towards it. And 
to the level that we are in the fourth week of the strike. And if you know the colleges of education system, you know that every single week counts a lot in the colleges now because government is feeding the students. So it means for the past four weeks, government has been feeding the students, but virtually nothing is taking place. So where do we go with this? Now, the critical thing that I feel we should also be looking at at this point is that the steps government through the Ministry of Education is taking. Is it the case that there was no better way people have resolved this issue? Because <laughs> yesterday when I was speaking to some CTAG members, you could see that the actions by the ministry, it's something that is rather going to anger them. And most of them were even calling that if that's the case, they wanted to extend the strike beyond even the four weeks that we are in now. But I appreciate the fact that they are, they are willing to extend. Yes. So, so, so if you interact with their members on the ground and, and you know, let's, let's be guided by history. This is not the first time government has actually taken a step like this. Somewhere in 2018, the then Minister for Education, Dr. Matthew Poku Prempe, also did a similar thing where okay. even, I think it was November 2018, their salaries were not paid at all. But I think later, CETA took, took the matter up and uh, they were paid later. Okay. So we've, we've, we've seen this before, but at this level, I think we should all get to the table and find the best solution that can help that our tutors can return back to the classrooms for the trainee teachers who are on campus right now. We have just two levels on campus. Mm -hmm. See how best they can make use of the time. Okay. Four weeks on campus doing nothing and government is feeding them. It's, it's complete waste of time. Okay. All right. Uh, so government says, I'm, I won't pay you for the month of August. Uh, from your knowledge of the educational sector, how do you think both parties can resolve this matter amicably? What should happen now? I think, I think from, from my observation, uh, government through the Ministry of Education, that is the Minister of Education, has in the past few weeks made attempts to meet the leadership of CTAG, I think on two different attempts or so. Uh, but on all these attempts, I think CTAG also had uh, a case that the timings for the meetings were not favorable for them. I think this is the time the two parties actually have to put whatever differences that exist between them aside and then meet to see how best this situation can be resolved as soon as... The earlier we resolve this issue, the better for our colleges of education. Mm. Well, government says I have already accepted your uh, request and asked CTAC to go back to the classroom. They did not go. So, I mean, what else do you, do you want government to do? I think, I think the, the necessary thing here for government to do is to also show some level of commitment that what we intend to do or what we promise to do for you relating to your conditions of service and the compensation for the all-year-round working. I think if, if you interact with most of the CTAG members, they just want to see some level of commitment that, yes, government has put on paper that, yes, by this time, okay. we are going to receive this. Because they also feel that uh, all these years, it's just been lip service, lip service. So they really want to see actions. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure when they see any commitments, and that commitment can also happen when the two parties agree to meet 
on the same table. Okay. So all right. It's, it's time they lose their entrenched their entrenched position. position then meet meet halfway to see how best they can resolve these issues. Mm. Very interesting. Um, let me return to Prince or Benjamin. Prince, so what what is your next line of action? What do you intend to do? Yeah, we were here before the National Labor Commission, and the Commission has the uh, right to make decisions. Remember, the last time we appeared before the Commission, the Commission made a passionate appeal to us, mm. uh, to us were appeal to our members to call off the action because they had a, they had started a process of resolving the matters. And this is something we've been doing. Larry is just talking about, we've kept him uh, informed of every step on the way where we have been doing the things. So the such as local levels, the zonal levels, and what have you, we have always, almost uh, gone through with the discussion cycle association. So mm. let's think about it. But we are not prepared. We'll continue to engage with our members. Mm. The, the, the directive now will stand them. If at the end of the day, our people feel like we have to go back to work. If they decide that we, we, we have to go to work and the government say the way in BS, why not? We'll go with the decision of the directive. Okay. And uh, we're also looking forward to the National Labor Commission uh, coming clear on this matter so that uh, uh, we know what the rule of law says. But as I said initially, mm -hmm. we are using this opportunity to reach out to uh, the Honorable Minister that we wouldn't in any way do anything to, the respect, to disrespect him or his office. We refer him as the direct rep of our employer and that we give him the recognition what we have just said is that as for in-person uh, meetings, just like all other stakeholders, they know the scattered nature of our situation. They give us prior notification, maybe 48 hours, 72 hours, so that our people can converse, or think through, and then we'll proceed to attend an Accra meeting. Thank you very much. For the so so is, it, is this something that you're expecting the, the government to withdraw the decision not to pay you for the month of August? Like Larry Riley said, uh, there is, I believe that there is some kind of uh, misinformation and some disconnect. So the minister isn't getting our intentions very clear. And uh, naturally, if I were the minister and you were on strike and I invited you, somebody that I preside over, or your group that I preside over, and I get information that you said you won't come, certainly you will feel upset. Okay. And that would embolden you into taking such a decision. Yeah. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. I write to him to give him the background behind all of this. So I believe that there is a time for us to have an interface directly, not a showdown, so that we'll be able to, as it were, have a conversation around the table, understand one another. Remember, at the end of the day, whatever it is that happens, it's teacher education.
withdrawn and your salary is paid to you? It can be withdrawn. But we think that the, the National Labor Commission and all the other people that are reviewing the issue are having declared our action illegal. We are not even looking at it from that legal perspective. But showing the goodwill that we are talking to our people, mm-hmm. our people are almost at a point where they will listen to the appeal. I, I believe this then was needless. And the minister can take a second look at it. Prince Obinghima, grateful to you for joining us. He is president of SeaTac uh, there. Now, two other stories. And the Prime Chief of Krachi in Chumuru, traditional area, Nana Obrimpo, Kenya. The second says his traditional area has been left out in terms of roads and other developmental projects. The president, Nana Dudanko Ekufado, in 2021, during his appreciation visit to the region, promised to construct a bridge over the Oti River as his legacy for the region. This promise is, however, yet to be fulfilled 18 months to end his tenure as president. Peter Seno again has details. The road network in Krachin Chumru district is nothing to write home about. I have traversed the district for three days from Borai to Chinderi, Chinderi to Bwafre, Bwafre to Bejamsi, and the value is the same. Only Chinderi to Bejamsi has some grading and gravel works done recently. Residents say they feel isolated and neglected in their own country. They want the roads in the area fixed before the political season starts. What we want to say to the government today, we want, we want the government to mark our ways this day. We, the people of Wafri, and then the, the adjoining communities are saying, no, no road, no voting. No street lights, no voting. And then uh, whoever will come for campaigning, if he has not fixed such a thing, okay, he can come. We are ready. We are not prepared for war, but we will chase you out of our town. And then we drop the bill. If you have any food item to be sent to the market, accept the tricycle. All we are telling government is that if they feel we are part of Ghana, you should come and fix the roads for us. We do not have problem with our MP. If he has the means, he would fix this road. This road has never seen any grading. Since the NDC time, now the MPP is almost living power. If ambulance is to transport any emergency case on this road, the person would die straight away. The Paramount Chief for Krachin Chumru Traditional Area, Nana Obrimpon Kanya II, has added his voice to the calls by his people to get the roads in the area fixed. Our roads are very terrible. The Nchumru area is neglected. The area is... Why do you say so? Because nobody comes here to, uh, to help us develop the area. We have our district we talk, our MPs are not helping us, the government is not helping us. And we're not known. The government's NDC, MPP from CPP time, after the fall of Kwame Nkrumah, the area had been neglected. The old roads constructed during Nkrumah's region, they are the same roads we are using. 
NDC came and went away. NPP has come, the same thing. We produce a lot of yams, cassava, to, the, to Accra. But they've neglected us. They've neglected us. We don't know. They are not cooperating with us at all. They only want our votes. But I want to tell them that next time we are very, very careful. If, you don't, if they don't help us, we will also know how to treat them, both NDC and MPP. We haven't benefited from that, them at all. So the election is coming. The government in power, be careful. He has asked political actors in the area to get up and work for the development of the area. I'm telling all the politicians who apply in this area, they should be up and doing because they are not helping us at all. They come to deceive us. We make this thing for you, we vote for you, then you run away. The president, Nana Akufuado, in 2021, promised Nananum in the region that his legacy for the region would be a bridge over the Uti River. But Uti Bridge, Uti Bridge to them, I am determined and I've made the promise and I'm going to see to it and it is done. However, with 18 or so months to end his tenure as the president of the republic, Nana Obrimpon dares the president to make good his promise to Nananum of the region. So the Oti Bridge, Oti Bridge, I am laying emphasis on this. Your promise, uh, Nana Kufuado, the president of Ghana, your promise, don't forget. We're asking you to have that bridge so that it will ease transportation problem in the area. With the frequent breakdown of the ferry, a bridge on the lake would be an excellent alternative to ensure rapid economic activities and to save lives of residents at the overbank needing secondary health services. Peter Sun for Joy News. Now to other stories. The president, Akufuado, says uh, European countries involved in the transatlantic slave trade must offer a formal apology to the entire African continent for crimes and damages caused to the image, culture, character and psychology of its people. The president delivering the keynote address at the Global Convening for the Restitution of African Heritage organized by the Open Society Foundation in Accra said calls must be intensified for the repatriation and restitution of cultural properties taken forcefully. Many of our audience, the slave trade era was very far away. Isaac Ophiege with our research desk joins me with some background uh, information on that particular uh, part of our history. But first, let's listen to the president. I'm aware that countries such as Senegal, Nigeria and Benin have managed successfully to regain possession of some of their cultural properties that were illegally moved out of their territories. Ghana has also successfully restituted some of its stolen cultural properties and relics. For example, in 2008, the government of Ghana collaborated with the elders of a hunter to return the severe, the severed head of Nana Bedou II, 
was executed in 1838. Other success stories include the return of some family collections of the Ashanti royal family and an Ashanti stool in 1985 by the British government. Before I conclude, let me state that the subject of restitutions must go along with the matter of reparations. No amount of money can restore the damage caused by the transatlantic slave trade and its consequences, which have spanned many centuries. But nevertheless, it is now time to revive and intensify the discussions about reparations for Africa. Indeed, the time is long overdue. If reparations can rightfully be paid to victims of the Holocaust, so reparations can be paid to the victims of the slave trade. And even before these discussions and reparations conclude, the entire continent of Africa deserves a formal apology from the European nations involved in the slave trade for the crimes and damage it has caused to the population, psyche, image, and character of Africans the world over. The Caribbean community, CARICOM, has unequivocally announced its demand for the payment of reparations. And I would urge us to engage with our kith and kin from the diaspora and form a united front to advance the cause of reparations. So that's the president, His Excellency Nanado Dankwa Akufo Addo. There. Joining us in the studio for some discussion on this is uh, Ibrahima Khan, um, who is uh, um, the special advisor uh, at Open Society Africa. Um, hi, good afternoon. Hope all is well. Yes, so, so far, so good. All right. We also have Professor uh, Tusein Kafahire Muhula. Uh, who is president of the African Studies Association of Africa. He is also the director general of the Arope Center for Research and Training. Prof, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having us. Why is this, you know, reparation, repatriation, whatever, so important to the continent of Africa? Well, it's really important for the continent because uh, what was done to the continent was really, really terrible. Uh, First, you have the slavery. After the slavery, you have colonization. And during the colonization, they looted, you know, all our communities. They have taken, you know, what was really precious for our life and taken to European countries and now exposed in European museum. Uh, you know, if you look at our economy, if you look at the way we live today, it's the consequences of all those criminal acts that was done in the, five, the last five centuries. So now uh, there is in Africa, you know, and elsewhere in the, for example, in the Caribbean, in what we call the diaspora, there is, you know, a development of kind of consciousness about Africa. We should not continue to accept what happened to us. Mm. We've seen. In other situations, you know what happened to the Jews during the Holocaust? The, uh, the situation was sorted out. And you have many, many other claims coming 
in a different part of the world. Why not Africans? Mm. And why not, for example, to start with the restitution of our heritage resources? Mm. No, I'm not saying artifacts only. It's the heritage resources. There are many, many other things that they have taken from us violently. And now we need those things to be back on our continent because we need them, you know, for the development of our economy, for uh, the studies in our universities, for many, many things. So the time has come for Africans to really start thinking about seriously, methodologically, about all those things. Mm. And it's about general reparation, which take different from restitution is one of them. Restitution of our artifacts, restitution of our heritage resources. And if that is done, you know, the new generation of Africans will have in their hands many, many tools that they can use to transform their society. Okay. Prof, what must be the approach? Because from where I come from, and the president mentioned, um, in Ahanta, our chief was beheaded so many years ago, and he was taken to Netherlands for over 100 years. The head was kept in a jar. In 2008, when I went away bringing it, it was only the head that was brought. <laughs> That's why I'm asking for what should be the approach that the African continent would take in demanding these things. Well, um, maybe I can build on uh, what Ibrahim has just said um, and, um, and uh, respond to that question by saying, actually, it, uh, it takes uh, what we're doing now. Mm. Uh, first of all, Africans across the continent are coming together, you know, to begin to address these issues mm. as from a Pan-African perspective. So it is uh, creating a new awareness, as Ibrahim was saying, uh, but also Africans are reappropriating themselves, I would say, the narratives, you know, the discourse about this. And so what it will take is uh, to say uh, what, what is it that African really wants and not what the West wants to make Africans believe mm. uh, they need, right? Uh, so that, uh, that shift in, uh, in uh, narrative, in rhetoric, in discourse, you know, making is already something that is galvanizing, like, you know, strengthening, I would say, you know, that Pan-African consciousness. A very pathetic, you know, restitution uh, of, of a tooth of Prime Minister uh, Emery Patrice Lumumba, mm. uh, which represent nothing, you know, even in terms of symbolism, mm-hmm. uh, because once you kill a leader of that stature, you know, you are disrupting completely the history. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ibrahima was talking about development. So, uh, how how do you begin to restore, to repair, to uh, to to pay back? In, in fact, you know, uh, the history that you took off track and led it to the kind of underdevelopment that we mm-hmm. know today. Mm-hmm. So all of these are the questions that Africans need to come together, sit around the table, and define the kind of perspectives that we want and, and the demands that we want to put on the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but now, it looks like individual countries are asking of the European countries, do this, do that. From what you're saying, it means that we have to go in a, in a unit. The continent has to do that. But how do we do it? Well, we've started very well. Uh, the AU convened meetings for African experts on heritage resources. 
and they came up with a common African position, the restitution of heritage. You know, uh, one of the main difficulties for these restitutions is the fact that when these uh, objects uh, were looted, they were looted when there was no Ghana, there was no Nigeria, there was no Senegal, there was no... uh, So they were looted in the continent in African continent. Mm. So these heritage resources belong to the continent mm. first. Two, they are now in museums. In Africa, these uh, objects were not in a museum. It was in palaces, it was in places that for worshipping and all other stuff. So we need to take them back and to put them in those places. But it's for us to determine how this thing needs to be done. So we have to talk to the communities. We have to talk to NGOs, to you know, even the tra- uh, traders. Because if these uh, artifacts come back, you won't believe it, but it will change many, many things. Our perception of ourselves, the way we deal with issues, the way we construct, the way we build houses, the way we do many, many things. So that only... Uh, require a lot of thinking on our side on how to do it. That was particularly the purpose of the African mm. common, uh, the common African position mm. on restitution. Mm. Two, you have to negotiate. Fifty-five African countries needs to negotiate together with the European countries. You know, each country has its own approach of things. In Germany, it's not even the federal. Uh, uh, it's not even the federal government that deal with the issues, the landers. Mm. In Belgium, in France, it's directly the state. In the UK, it's not even the state, it's a foundation uh, that uh, uh, runs uh, the British Library. So in all those different approaches, you need a common approach from uh, African countries. Mm. And we have already that. Now, the next step is how do we where, do, where are these artifacts? Because many of them are in museums, but some of them were also looted uh, by individuals uh, uh, and uh, militaries and others mm. kept in their house. So we need to identify all of them. And there is a lot of work to be done by our academics, by many people going through those. Most, and, and you know sometimes what is exposed in the museum is just less that what is underground in the basement and other stuff all okay. this needs to be done mm. so if we have all those information now the conversation will start and begin i was asking that especially because you know recently when that santini was in um, britain he took advantage to meet with the library board of the uk to discuss how to repatriate the uh, artifact of the asante kingdom back here so now we're looking at a, a, not not just the asantes not just hunters, not just the uh, hunters, or not just Ghana, but we're looking at the whole of the continent as a whole, you know. So there's a, a lot of work to be done. But this conversation we're having, a lot of us young people, they didn't live in those period. <laughs> so let's uh, try to get uh, young people to appreciate what we're talking about. I've been joined on, on Zoom by our research and data analyst, Kofi Ajay. Escuchas ese rugido? Sientes la experiencia de poder? La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Uh, 
uh, to, to tell us more, to bring us background to this whole discussion. Kofi, uh, what, what have we gathered on the background of all of this uh, discussion on repatriation and reparation of African culture and artifacts? Right, Grace. So if you can hear me, um, the transatlantic slave trade um, is one of the, in fact, the largest uh, human force movement in history, for instance, expand uh, between the 16th to 19th century, where uh, close to 12 to 15 million Africans were actually enslaved, uh, and primarily they are carried to either the you know, European countries or in Africa. And then I actually have data, and I want to share with you. If you look at the 12 to 15 million people who were taken across, um, you know, Europe and um, you know America as slaves. And um, there's a data that shows that if you look at these people, about 24.3% um, of them were taken in war, and 40.3% of them were kidnapped or seized, and we also have 19.4% of them were sold uh, or triggered by a relative or friend. And if you look at 16% of them went through judicial process. And so even if you look at the, the slavery itself, those who were actually sold, about 19.5%, um, but those who were kidnapped or seized, that's a whopping 40.3%. And so that, that's, that's the, um, what the data actually um, you know, tells us. The transatlantic slave trade is one of the largest human force movement that ever happened in history, where close to between 12 to 15 million people, some even estimated to be around 20 million, were taken uh, from Africa, not just human force, but just like you're saying in the studios, uh, you know, artifacts and all of those things. Mm -hmm. And people now have the argument that if we bring back this artifact to Africa, it then will now have a positive effect on our economies. Because if you look at um, tourism, for instance, in Ghana, uh, the inflows is estimated around $3.3 billion every year. Mm -hmm. And it contributes about 5% to GDP. And so if we have all of these things in our, you know, our museums and all of those things, then it's going to help our economy, for instance. Just like when we just did, you know, a renovation of the Nkoma Memorial Park, you see the number of people that throng the place to, to look at the place, and it's actually boosted tourism, where... If you quantify the human resource that was taken out and then also the artifacts, it's huge and very significant grace. Interesting. So it means that we're talking about a whole lot more than just artifacts here. We're even looking at the people who were shaped. Can, can we even talk about that? Can it be part of the, the, the engagement that, look, you took away about 20 million of our people? And they help to build your economies. But, but you know, what is interesting mm -hmm. is not just what happened. Uh, mm. At that time, I think it's more than 20 million. Somebody, an academic from the University of UCLA in uh, uh, California said it's about 78 million people Whoa. who were transported over mm. the 500 years. It's not just about that. It's also uh, to make the parallel between what happened at that time and the problem we are having today with migration. 
what moral the European have today to stop African going to Europe? Which moral? And that's their country. Did they ask us to go to, 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 to the Caribbean or to America? Your, your, your colleague told us how they, 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 they were uh, uh, taken to, uh, to, to, to that place. Mm -hmm. You know, this uh, work shows, gives us more argument mm. in everything that we are doing in Africa. Not only me, on economic aspect, but even political aspect. Because mm. today, what is happening in migration is the European telling us who can move and who cannot move. Okay. In the past, they didn't ask the same question. They came they go, yeah, they, they came the to them, used them, the economy of many players. You, recently, uh, the Guardian, the news, the, that uh, newspaper in the UK, showed that cities like Manchester, cities like Bristol, even the royal family uh, 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 gained from uh, 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 the slave trade. Mm. So today, these people have to account. These cities have to account because their wealth is based on, you know, the blood and thing of uh, tears of African. Okay. So it's, it, when I say the homework needs to be done by African, it's that type of work. Okay. okay. To be done in the way that politically, economically, socially, we are bold enough now to confront those who are trying to undermine mm, okay. uh, us uh, in mm. different ways in uh, international relations. Prof, when Ibrahim was speaking, he made mention earlier, he spoke about the Jewish example and how they said because of their killings, they made certain demands. Can we then say, for example, in, I mean, uh, the same issue about those long years ago, how my king's head was beheaded. It was the Dutch hunter war that resulted in the death of this man. It resulted in the death of a lot of people. Can the case be made that because of the several wars the Europeans, you know, brought on the continent of Africa, these and these are the demands that we, the children of the continent, are making? Um, well, my figure, honestly, is that we are thinking these uh, important questions mm. uh, within a Western paradigm, uh, which uh, concerns mostly economics. Okay. Uh, so um, I think. Oftentimes, we tend to reduce it to that market, okay. you know, type of thinking. Mm -hmm. uh, I think when your colleague was talking, he said, oh, just think about, you know, the amount of money we can generate mm -hmm. uh, from museums, you know. Mm -hmm. um, even if these artifacts had to come back to the continent, and mm -hmm. this is the, the value added to the kind of conferences that we're having, you know, this coming together, we're creating spaces where Africans from all walk, walks of life, mm -hmm. you know, uh, from different disciplines, from, you know, we, we can come together and we begin to think uh, and to shape the kind of policies that we would like to see, you okay. know, happen uh, and, and the kind of futures, actually, that we would like to imagine for Africa. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I think it would be a trap that we need to be aware of yeah. uh, to continue uh, thinking within the very framework of economic, yeah. like the capitalism mm -hmm. of, of the West, right? Okay. Uh, the question has, uh, has ramifications that are deeply moral. I think uh, Ibrahim had talked about it. Uh, that are deeply spiritual, right? Uh, because a human being and the value that we, we, we add to, to this life uh, transcend, I would say, the amount of money we can generate, you know. It is, uh, it is how do I look at your face and I recognize that there is a huge moral responsibility that I have vis-a-vis -vis of you. 
um, whether you are bringing money to the table or not, you know. And uh, so I'm, I'm just bringing this to the attention of, uh, of the, you know, the audience uh, to say, yes, the question is much, much deeper mm-hmm. and much more complex. Okay. Uh, and I think Ibrahima has tried to also, you know, uh, refer to that, uh, you know, complexity of the mm-hmm. question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I've, I've, I've heard about research that we need to do a research to understand what the real issues are. Is that where we begin from? If we get, get I mean, step by step, how do we do it? Um, re- research is certainly part uh, and parcel of what we're doing. And uh, as I, I was talking before, you know, I said everybody coming around the table has mm. to bring what they have to bring. Scholars, you know, academics, researchers have to do their homework mm-hmm. uh, and, and teach us what to do with all of these uh, artifacts, for mm. instance. Uh, because what we are saying uh, is that the artifacts in themselves have value that is way beyond, you know, the capitalism of money. Why? Because they represent not only our libraries, that is where knowledge was stored, you know, uh, in our own, you know, ancestral ways. They represent maybe our shrines, you know, that is where maybe our ancestors, you know, we used to worship. Mm. They rep- so it, it is all of these uh, that we need to begin, you know, researching and saying. Mm. And I think when Ibrahima talked before, you know, earlier was saying, yeah, w- where do we bring them to, you know, when we doing that uh, physical movement of restitution. Mm. Uh, do we take them back to the museum or do we give them a new life where they can belong to the museum for a moment and belong to the community where mm. they would be like subjects performing all these meaningful rites and rituals that really add you know, meaning and, and value to our lives. Okay. So all of this is part of that research that okay. we are doing. Mm. So it is not research simply to say, oh, this is the provenance, these are the stages that the object mm. you know, had to take uh, before they could get there. Uh, these are how many are exposed in a museum and how many are left maybe in the basements or in pr- private collections. Uh, that is part of the research, but it is not all the research that needs mm. to be done. Mm. And that, mm. yeah. Can I also add that uh-huh. education is also a very important aspect of it. You know, it was looted 200 years ago, 100 years ago. The new generation need to know what are these objects. Okay. What, what was the significance of this object for the community? <laughs> How the community was using this object? What importance these objects are for the community? Mm. We need to educate our communities on the importance of that object. Three... Uh, the, 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 there is an economic dimension of it because it needs to inspire okay. you know, right. uh, different economic actors, mm. you know, architects, uh, those tailors, all of those uh, uh, people who really, when they watch these uh, uh, artifacts, they will learn a lot, a they lot. will use a lot from mm. them. So mm. that's the, the, the third one. But the fourth one for me, it is, uh, which for me is the most important one, it's the significance for the continent. Okay. It's right. part of our identity, mm. okay. part mm. of our heritage, mm. and mm. Uh, you know, the, u- the usefulness of the heritage okay. is to know what to do next. Okay, all right then. It's, it's a wonderful conversation that I'm sure we can finish today. We need to have it more often, uh, more often so that a lot of us will learn you know, uh, on, 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 in this regard. Um, I'm grateful to you for coming. For example, now you've told me that the head that was brought, we shouldn't bury it. <laughs> we should put it in a museum that the young children will come and learn from it. So I'm grateful to you. 
for coming through. Ibrahima Khan yes. is with the Open Society Africa. He's a special advisor there. Professor Tusan Kafahiri Muhula. most often misunderstood the head of state award scheme an initiative which is changing the narrative and ensuring that children on the autism spectrum are not hidden but giving a voice there's more in the following report the head of state award scheme an initiative instituted to equip empower and transform the lives of young people as an extension of its mandate and program set up the life and legacy program with the aim of offering and supporting individuals suffering with autism with the required skill sets to sustain themselves in the ever-changing world speaking at the award ceremony british high commissioner to ghana harriet thompson highlighted the commission's support in pivoting the improvement of autistic growth in the country i'm glad that the organizers of this award ceremony hosa is leading the way in this with their programs and initiatives which are centered around investing in people, building capacity, deepening expertise, and rewarding and celebrating success, which is what we are here to do this evening. For an award on the legacy of the late Prince Philip, I thought it would be essential for me to highlight a few of the values that the late Prince Philip stood for that are reflected in his life and service. A strong work ethic, leadership, duty, sacrifice and loyalty. These values are pivotal to, to anybody's growth. Uh, and here at the Kai Commission, we aim every day to live out these values in our daily work, in the policies, in the projects that we partner with here in Ghana and around the world. The UK is focused in Ghana on supporting quality teaching. The child may be the future, but the, key, the teacher is the key to unlocking that future. So for example, through our TTEL program, for instance, we've supported all public colleges of education in Ghana to improve how they train teachers. Over 15,000 new teachers a year ago are going into schools with more practice and better skills to teach inclusively at the right level and in the right subject. When you climb a good tree, it's when you climb a good tree that we push you. Please, someone connect my pronunciation later on. And for us here at the British High Commission, we're committed to continue to supporting you on this journey. I'd encourage all of you to pay it forward. Share what you've learned. Share your experiences on the programme uh, with the people around you, with the people that you get to interact with this evening. Encourage the next cohort of young leaders to take part in this programme in the years to come. Mustafa Youssef, Minister of Youth and Sports, commended the organization for taking such an initiative to help children with autism. He is short of the government's continued support in aiding autistic children. Different level captures the essence of our collective journey. It reminds us that each individual, regardless of their circumstances, possesses unique abilities and potential awaiting to be unveiled. The, reason, the resonance of this team is not just a reminder, but a powerful declaration that champions the cause of inclusivity and recognize the boundless reservoir of talents within every young one. As the Minister for Youth and Sports, I embrace the opportunity to stand alongside those who passionately champion youth development. It's a privilege to witness the transformative impact 
of initiative that cultivates empowerment and equip our young generation with the tools that they need to flourish. Let us remember that our support, encouragement, and belief in the potential of our youth can ignite a mind of change that radiates far beyond these walls. All right, uh, now let's have a, a very beautiful conversation that borders on you and I. And I have you or a friend, family or colleague at work experienced what depression is. Well, it is prevalent in Ghana. A report by the World Health Organization study on global aging and adult health data reported depression prevalence to be between 6.7 and 13.6% in, in Ghana's population. The situation could be worse, and depression and anxiety affect us in many ways. Uh, we have someone with expertise in this area and seeking to help address the problem in their own little way. Uh, joining us now is Raven Cross, a psychiatric nurse. Uh, she's also the founder of the non-profit organization Ubuntu Mind. Raven, great to have you here. Yeah? Yes, and you. I love the name Ubuntu. Because you are because I am, yeah? Exactly. And I am exactly. because you are. Exactly. That's the mindset Ubuntu. Yes, yes, okay. it is. So, so uh, you know, walk us through this whole depression, you know, because a lot of us don't even, even if I have it, I don't even know. Right, right. So let's understand, what are these, what would I see for me to say, mm, this is depression? Mm, I can't sum it up in this little bit of time, but I can tell you this. Okay. It's more than a seeing, it's more of a feeling of embodiment. Mm. So depression comes in different ways, different forms. I'm eating too much. I'm eating too little. I'm sleeping too much. I'm not sleeping enough. I can't connect to my family. I'm connecting too much with my friends or vice versa, right? Mm. There's a huge spectrum. And so with that being said, we want to destigmatize what it looks like and focus on what it feels like. Mm. Mm. So if I'm doing something more than my usual, Yes. If I'm doing something less than my usual, yes. that's a depression? Hmm. Not so quite clean cut, right? Okay. Um, again, let's use the word spectrum. If you, let's say, you are noticing that you are going days and days without sleeping, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And you are going days and days without connecting to your family. And these days have turned into weeks. And these weeks have turned to you feeling down and you can't even concentrate on your way to work, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's impacting the way you even function. Then, yes, you may have depression okay. or you may have anxiety. It's a tricky, tricky uh, mm -hmm. scale. Mm -hmm. How do we get there? How do we get there? Mm -hmm. Again, these answers are so spectrum-wide because we are multidimensional beings. Mm -hmm. And so just how you could not sum up who you are in one sentence, mm -hmm. I cannot do the same in, in this diagnosis. Okay. So how do you get there is... is Anything. A lot of us are carrying trauma that have been passed down from our mothers, from our parents. Mm. A lot of us have trauma that has been given to us through the forms of our history. So we have got there through a place of lacking maybe understanding of how to take care of ourselves, mm. how to read your body and understand, I'm not right. Um, we've been taught to be silent about things that we should be. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. 
Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Allow about. Open about. Okay. Exactly. I gotta ask you right now, how are you? You're gonna say, I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. Maybe I'm no fine. No. Money matter is the one I Ex cannot tell you. Exactly. And I say, oh, I'm fine. Exactly. Uh, so. Are these part of the, 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 the I mean, the, the reasons? Yes. Not being open about the issues. Exactly. That's uh. where Ubuntu minds come in. Okay. Yes. yes. Uh. So, 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 what are the impacts then? I mean, once I'm not able to come out, I'm depressed, but I'm not able to come out. How does it impact society, mm. for example? Oh, it impacts society in a great way because now you have a culture and a community of people who are shut down. They're not present. I don't know how to show up for you so you can show up for your family because you have not communicated with me. Mm. And so now we have created this whole existence of just existing instead of living. So I mm. hope... Mm. <laughs> is, is it not because we say, well, I don't have to poke my nose into your issues that much, and that's why everybody is reserved in a way? Mm. I think, again, about taking away the stigma, right? And not so much... You're poking your nose into my business, but you genuinely care for me. If I had a cold and a cough right now, would you say, how's that cold? How's that cough? Let me take you to the doctor. It's the same thing. Mm. So. Mm. So, so what is, what is Ubuntu Minds doing to deal with the issue? I'm glad you asked. Mm. So Ubuntu Minds is dealing with the situation by partnering with Nisa Place Organization <clears throat> here in Ghana, um, specifically Accra. And that is an organization that helps to bring unity to the community to allow resources that we can have uh, counselors, coaches, people who are well-versed in how to approach and heal anxiety, depression, and post-trauma. Mm. So, 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 I mean, I mean in, in Ghana, mm -hmm. what is it that you're doing? In Ghana right now, I'm mm -hmm. feet on the ground mm -hmm. because this is actually Ubuntu's third visit to Ghana, to Ghana okay. yes, because we do not want to come into a space and tell you how to heal. Okay. That's none of my business. Mm. I want you to tell me how to, so how it can help you heal. Okay. Right? So this is why we are here. We are here getting um, feedback from different organizations saying, what are you seeing in the community? We've seen and heard a lot of anxiety. We've seen and heard a lot of depression. But this is what it takes, feet on the ground, not sitting behind a computer mm -hmm. and saying, this is what you should do for Ghana. Mm. You know, mm. so this mm. is why we're here. So, so it's more, more of trying to understand the, the issues yes. to determine what sort of solution exactly. needs to be applied. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And so far, what have you found? We have found that when you break it down and take away that my nose is in your business and genuinely ask the question, how are you today? Mm. How can I help you today? What has been plaguing you for some time? we are finding that people are really, really wrestling with a decreased sleep because they are trying to worry about how their children are going to eat. They don't have time to sleep. Their minds are constantly going. We're finding out that there's an underlying anxiety because guess what? Prices of things are increasing, mm -hmm. and I have to keep it moving. Right? Oh. I have no time to take care of myself and sit with my feelings and go and be quiet. And so this is what we are learning, that anxiety and depression are rearing its head just from life stressors. Mm. Money matters. Huh? Money ma and only, not even just money, I will mm. say this. This is also, a lot of us hasn't been taught to take care of ourselves. Okay. We don't know how to soothe. 
and how to decompress and how to, to say, yes, I am depressed and this is how I want to deal with it. Mm, mm. So, so it's a problem of how, we are, how the society has been designed. Yes. Because we're not trained in a way to come out. Yes. How do we break that then? You break that down with resources. Um, I want to break out some numbers real quick. So currently I was looking up in the World Health Organization states that there are about 2.3 million people in Ghana who may be suffering from anxiety, depression, or PTSD, which is post-stress traumatic <laughs> syndrome. Anyway, um, so with that being said, to that 2.3 million, there are only 2% who have help, who get mm. resources. Mm. There are approximately 39 psychiatric professionals in the country of Ghana. Ghana. So, to oh, deal with the over 2 million people. Yes. Did it tell you why it is so? I mean, why we have to only 39? Lacking resources. Let's, mental health is very new kind of a mm. thing, right? Mm. Back in the day, you probably would go on mad. And people are like, oh, don't worry about that person. They're just mad. But now people are being honest. Mm. And they're being open. And now there is a a need for help. There's a need for ushering in assistance. There's a need for unity. Okay. And this is why I am because you are. You yeah. can't do anything alone. Mm -hmm. You so. can do it. Exactly. Uh, so I guess one of the solutions then is to look at how we can increase the, the, the number of psychiatric specialists in the country. Yes. Is that something you're considering? Yes, very much so. This is one of the major goals of Ubuntu Minds to bring more and more resources. And in the very near future, we would like to even teach people how to counsel and how to show up for family members who mm. may be suffering from anxiety or depression. Mm. Yeah, I'd love to stay with you here and have a lot of chat on this because this, this, this is quite, I mean, this is relatable. Yes. Because we is. have a lot of people going through it. Yes. And especially the take on the fact that society is built in a way that children cannot open it. It's not even children. Right. Adults cannot open up on our issues. Right. Because they feel that when they open up to you, you go and tell another person that you see this guy is going through this issue. Exactly. And that's why they are not able to, you know, open up. Exactly. So how do we even cure that? That when I tell you my, my issue, you're going to tell another person. Probably I don't want the person to hear, but you will. So how do we cure that? How do we get to change society in such a way that I can trust that when I tell you that I'm, this is my issue, I right. believe that. Right. It will stay within us. Right. We have to give ourselves grace. Mm. And what that looks like, if, even if you know my business, do I care? Because mm. I have much grace for myself, mm. and I have much grace for you as someone who probably needed to, to mm. say whatever you need to say. Mm. Also, we need to allow safe spaces for mm. people to just be. And I think that's important. We need to allow more and more spaces for people to just be. And you will be surprised. A lot of people will actually just be. They'll be so consumed with healing themselves that they will probably forget what you have told them. So. All right, then. All right. Um, great to have had you here. Nice. I hope that anytime you come to Ghana, pass by, let's have this conversation. I will. Thank All you. Right. Okay, grateful. Uh, thanks for coming through. So this is, you know, um, uh, the conversation we've had about um, depression and what it means to all of us in Ghana. Thanks to you, Raven Cross. She is a psychiatric nurse and the founder of Ubuntu Minds. Well, the whole of next month has been dedicated to literacy under the code name. Uh, you know, uh, we have a code name for that, uh, and it's
annual literacy month. It starts from the 1st to the 29th of September 2023 in Ghana. Caps is leading activities for the celebration. Um, they are here to share with us what that means and what you can do to expect uh, or to benefit from the launch, which is on September 1. More of that coming up next after the break. Everybody came out, everybody's looking good, displaying their art, beautiful art everywhere. Um, this is my fifth year coming in a row. So I'm here every August for the festival. It's been amazing being with my black people all day, every day. It's been great. It's so fun here. There are a lot of art things to do. I personally love it. And I love the artworks. I love Chalote 2022. It's fantastic. This year's experience is, uh, is marvelous. It's amazing. It's Charlotte Festival, y'all. You ought to be here. The paintings, the people, the Ghanaians were awesome. Everyone, when you're in Ghana, around the same time, make sure you check it out. It's really happening. Welcome back from the break. The whole of next month has been dedicated to literacy under the code name Carnival Literacy Month. It starts from the 1st of um, September to the 29th of same month. And in Ghana, Perby Caps is leading activities for the celebration. They are here to share with us what to expect ahead of the launch on September 1. I have with me Adjua Mirakua, who is uh, Mirakua Mpoma. She's Brands and Comms Senior Associate at Perby Caps. And Agnele Perby, founder of Perby Caps. Hi. Good afternoon to you, ladies. Good afternoon. And welcome. Thank you. Okay. So let's talk about literacy. Why is it so important that we should even focus on having a month dedicated to it? A very good question. And thank you very much for the opportunity to be here. So literacy, the ability to read and write, understand what is being read, is a very important skill. In fact, it's a foundation to all other kinds of learning in school. Um, by the age of 10, most children have learned how to read so that from that age they can read to learn. Mm. Um, if you are not able to read very well and understand what you read by age 10, mm. it's very likely that school will be a struggle, to be a, a chore, it will be very difficult. And so a um, whole month dedicated to literacy is important to bring awareness of the importance of, of literacy in, mm. in children growing up 
um, and how it will help them succeed. Mm. Um, unfortunately, there's a very high level of illiteracy in our public basic school system. But Ill also illiteracy? Illiteracy. The yeah. inability of children to read and understand what they read. Mm. And so Literacy Month, their goal is to actually um, encourage society, to encourage children, but also everyone to read and enjoy reading so that we can succeed in the future. Mm. So who is PebiCaps or what is PebiCaps and, and what do you do? Okay. So PebiCaps, we offer a fun, evidence-based, cost-effective mm. literacy program that empowers children to succeed through becoming very good readers. Mm. And so we typically partner private schools um, to get this done. But this year, since Accra has been chosen as UNESCO's World Book Capital, we have branched out to engage not just private schools, but public schools and the whole of society mm. um, to bring the fun to reading. Because if we are able to change society's mindset when it comes to reading, where reading is no longer a chore or a bore or a punishment, <laughs> um, but actually something that is fun and leads to success, mm. we will definitely have a better society. Mm. Okay, Adra. Yeah, could you? What is this carnival about? I mean, when we say, you say carnival, yeah. we're talking about reading or literacy, and then we bring in carnival. Carnival is to chill. Oh, <laughs> okay, so it's the chilling aspect of reading. Actually, oh, okay. carnival mm. is a coined word from the English word carnival. Okay. So the carne in gum means to read. Oh. So when it comes to carnival, it means um, reading fanfare. Oh. So it's a one-year fun social campaign. Um, actually, um, Pebby Cubs is an official partner of the UNESCO Accra World Book Capital 2023. So okay. that is our one-year um, the reading project. campaign, our mm. one-year project that mm. we are also having full of activities. We go to public schools, private schools to promote literacy, to inculcate the habits of reading in peoples and the schools, society at large, because reading is not just for school-growing kids. Mm. It's for everybody, it's for society to be successful in life and to be able to achieve something better for yourself. You should be able to read, write, and understand even what you read. So we are starting from our babies in the school. That's the children in the school. Mm -hmm. When you inculcate it in them, that is when they grow with it. And then the fun aspect also makes it more lively because we don't want them to see it as a chore anymore. Mm -hmm. We don't want them to see it as a punishment anymore. But then they should enjoy. It should come naturally from them. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the one-year campaign, the message we want to put across society is that reading is fun. Mm. Reading leads to success, so everyone should read. Mm. So we started, we had a launch on May 11th um, at Alpha Beta School, and from there we've moved to different schools, both private and public schools. Mm -hmm. Our last and our first public school currently at the moment was the Dansman B cluster of schools. So we've had experience at the CAPS or the children mm. in public schools and then both in private schools mm. as well. So, so Angela, if, I mean, I, you guys are mesmerizing me. If, I, if, if, say, I'm a parent and I want my kids to come, how do I take advantage? Very good question. So um, there are many ways to connect with Pebby Cubs mm. and on our social media handles, um, Pebby Cubs um, on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on Instagram. Um, and when you connect with us, we can therefore, you know, bring you to the part of the carnival. Private schools and public schools are also connecting with us because you are taking the carnival bus from school to school, from region to region. Mm. But oh, region to region. From, yes, we will definitely get from region to region. Oh, yes, okay. Yes. Um, but the the next month will be particularly interesting because right in Accra Central, we are going to have a very wonderful activity 
Tema Station. We are going to engage the whole of society there. So that would be a, one way in which a parent can connect with us. We'll be setting up a digital library station right in the middle of, of downtown Accra or Accra mm. Central, so mm. to speak, mm. um, at Tema Station, uh, where we can engage people from all walks of life, not just children, but the kayaye, the market women, the taxi drivers, structure drivers, the bankers, and so on and so forth. And so it's something which uh, any school that wants to be part of this, you're inviting schools to come over as well to engage in the fun fair of reading mm. and reach out to us and we'll be happy to connect with them over this. Very interesting. Huh? Um, can I even come there to read, read oh, a book? Yes. <laughs> we'll be looking forward to seeing you mm. there. Yes. And read a book. Yes. It's a, something like a reader fan. Yeah. Exactly. You can mm. read a book and come and do perhaps a competition between some media stations would be nice. Yeah. Only <laughs> bad. Mm, only bad. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Interesting. So the goal of, uh, I mean, the next month is to get more people to read. Yes. So that's it. Yes. It's to get more people to also appreciate that reading doesn't have to be boring and reading doesn't have to be the thing you only do to pass exams, but you can actually read and have fun while reading and reading leads to success. Oh, reading leads to success. Yes. How does that happen? Oh, reading leads to success because for you to become a lawyer, for you to become an accountant, whatever profession or whatever you want to be, if you don't learn, if you don't read, um, even if it's mathematics that you are studying in school, it's about reading. You mm. should understand. Mm. So if you're able to read, you're able to understand, definitely you'll be successful because so, that's so, the basis of everything. Mm. So when I'm coming to an event, would I have to plan to pay something? No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Oh, so these are Just, free events. These are free events. These are free events. Um, the, the carnival uh, at Tema Station from the 1st to the 29th. You just walk in and you can come read. We are partnering with um, corporate institutions to have some prizes and giveaways. And so once you come there, you enjoy your reading session. And if you read well and mm. you get some points because you pass some courses, you may win some giveaways. Um, so that is free. But at the end of the month, we are having a grand celebration called the Celebration of Champions, a big oh. fanfare okay. at Ifasaradan Park. And oh. that is to celebrate our topmost readers for the month. Mm. So to do, that's one that's a small entry fee, you know, to cover the costs. Mm. But apart from that, it's going to be fun, fun, fun. And the, those who read the most will be those who enjoy the most. At that okay. Is it open to all of us? All of us. Oh. Yes. So Alec. once more, we'll be seeing mm. you there. I want I want to be in competition with someone in here. Yes, yes. I'll bring the person in, me and him. We'll we do the We'll be looking forward to that. See. All right. Um, your final words before we wrap up this conversation. Let me start with you, Joy. Okay. So with the literacy month, actually, that we are going to have, it's going to be stationed actually at the forecourt of the AMA. So from the launch, which is on the 1st of September, it's open to all in sundry, not just those in and around Accra Central. Mm. It's open for everybody to come and experience the fun that comes with reading. Come and read, come and learn, come and meet um, celebrities that you, you've been longing mm. to meet and all that. It's going to be fun. It's a one-month program or campaign. So we'll be there from the 1st to the 29th. So we're entreating everybody to come there and join us. Okay. Interesting. I want to say a big thank you to Multimedia for being such a strong and strategic media partner and always promoting reading and, and supporting us to do so. Um, I'm grateful that Multimedia will be covering us in the month of September as we bring their joy and fun to reading. And we also are grateful to corporate entities who want to come alongside us as we want to do this for free to encourage people to read. It definitely is not going to be at no cost. 
um, to us. So we need to partner with other institutions as well. So any institution that has got literacy or you know SDG four or education mm. as one of their CSRs, we are looking forward to partnering with them mm. to make this a reality for society. Then you need to partner me to take this to a hunter west where oh. I'm from to get a lot of the people there to to, okay. to read. You know? We are taking notes. We have three things that we're coming to ask you for now. Yeah, no problem <laughs> at all. Let's go to the young people that will learn yes, how to. They yes. love to read. You that know? is the vision. That okay. Is all right. So that's uh, Agnele Perby. She is founder of Perby Caps and Adjoa Mirekua Ampuma Brand and uh, Communications Senior Associate with Perby Caps there. Thank you. Thank you. Ladies, so much. Thank and uh, on that note, we wrap up the, this edition of The Pulse on the Joining Channel. Sorry that we couldn't bring you the conversation on the, uh, with the Ganagas uh, uh, um, senior staff members chairman. But we'll promise to bring you that tomorrow on the edition of The Pulse. But we'll live in the hands of the LTS team. My name is Samuel Kojo Brace. Thanks so much for being a part of it. On behalf of the team, do enjoy the rest of the show. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCI US LLC.